Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal you guys won't regret it take care ciao hey, it's your boy val from the side room podcast um sorry we haven't really made an episode in the last couple of months it's been a crazy summer just with work family related and i'm trying to do something a little bit new right about now and give as much content to our fans as possible so i kind of came up with an idea called a sidecast. This is what this is right here. It's a little uh, mini podcast where I can uh, give you my thoughts and views on what's going on in the world today, uh, whether it be wrestling related, comic book related, pop culture related, anything that's on my mind right about now. Just a little mini review. And I'm kind of doing this uh, on this new app that I found on iPhone called Bumpers. It's an awesome app where you can naturally make a podcast the tip of your fingertips. And um, it's awesome. You can edit music, you can edit sound effects, you can do it all and upload it as much as you can, as much as you want in a little mini series. So I'm trying it out, I'm trying to do something a little bit different now to give our fans a little bit more content these days into the side room, kind of forms together like the Justice League and takes down whatever we got to take down at that moment in time. But anyway, this uh, side room sidecast over here is going to be about NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. And I'm um, a little late to the party. It happened last night, so I figured I'd try to do something um, different in the morning. Thinking about it, having it, having it uh, a full thought of the whole show compass, and I enjoyed it. Still, um, I try to watch a little bit again this morning just to see if my thoughts changed at all. But honestly, this is um, one of the better NXT takeovers I've seen in a long time. Structured uh, a little differently, in my opinion, with um, uh, having more of like a hard rock more of a more of a live crowd kind of felt like a concert in a way kind of felt like a rock concert in a way and it's cool because it reminds me of all the older days of wrestling bringing you know music and and wrestling and blood guts and all that stuff all together something that wrestling's been missing in a while unless you're watching indies like uh looking at roh or looking at new japan wrestling which is by no means indie but um yeah, I fully enjoyed it. Um, started off with a um, live theme song with, I think it was called um, Code Orange or Orange Code. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty fun just to see something new. 
Um, I will say I'm starting to get the feeling that NXT TakeOver Brooklyn is the WrestleMania for NXT. It's um, where they put most of their stock into their into their players, to the card, um, whether it be surprises, whether it be matches that are are almost at least at a five, most of them at a four, almost at a five. And they give a little bit more liberties to our to our wrestlers, and that's the best time. Time, time's the best thing as well, too. When you give people time, you can work a lot better. Um, so I enjoyed it. The kind of started off with Johnny Gargano taking on um, Andreas Cienamos and his little um, little manager he has right now. Uh, she's a former Rosita of TNA, and I believe she played AJ Lee in her in the Page documentary that's coming out pretty soon. So uh, a little bit of a, a gimmick for him just to improve what he could bring to the table. You know, Cien is a great wrestler in his own rights, but he's never really been able to connect to the crowd or just connect to his character that much. And in fact, we really don't know what his character still is, besides someone who's probably very arrogant right about now. But she she adds a nice little layer. And then Johnny Gargano, what can I say? Johnny Wrestling is one of the best um, wrestlers these days on the indie market and in NXT right about now. He's cut. You know, you would think that um, he would suffer a little bit from the DIY. Um, uh, DYI breakup that happened a few months ago, and uh, the feud not even starting because of Tommaso Ciampa's injury that happened. But no, full force. He had the crowd behind him. You know, a hot New York crowd. He had new entrance music. You know, uh, new gear. So you know, he was pretty, pretty on the ball today. He looks like someone that could be an impact player in the next five to six months, chasing for that NXT title. But. We'll get into the match. It was a hard-hitting match. You know, I was thinking this whole time that it would be um, Johnny Wrestling carrying Cien this whole time. But you know what? Cien surprised me today. You know, he, he showed something, um, a couple of layers to his character that were a little bit different now. I, I believe having a manager helps a lot now, especially when you have somebody talking crap on the side, trying to, you know, either... Um, encourage you or just disparage the opponent it adds that layer right there you'll never know what she'll do inside of it and Cien's style now is a little more aggressive a little more hard-hitting you know he's, he's taking more liberties to do different things and have fun with different things using the rope for for an arm bar using um uh more of dastardly tactics to take down johnny gargano and i'll tell you much um Looking at this whole match, you never would have thought that uh, CN would have got the win this year. But seeing that as he lost to Bobby Roode last year in Bobby Roode's um, first debut. But he got the win over Johnny Gargano. Gargano um, had a full offense against CN um, with hitting his signature moves. About to hit that that um, super kick at the end of the match where... The manager actually threw Gargano a DIY shirt, DYI shirt, excuse me, and I think it could have, it could have hit home a little bit more, where he could have realized the shirt was there and noticed, oh wow, that was my partner, this happened. It could have been a little, maybe five or six more seconds to have that, you know, hit home a little bit, because it kind of just felt like she just threw a shirt in, he got distracted, and got rolled up, and. 
you know, it, it means a lot more because when Tommaso Ciampa does return, it's going to be you know, a bigger impact. It's going to be a bigger deal because of the fact that all these, um, all these signs of him coming back and being in the mind of Johnny Gargano is going to, it's going to be crazy. That will definitely headline any kind of NXT show when it, when it does happen. But yeah, so she threw the shirt at him. Gargano looked at it. Um, CN came with a super kick, hit um, Gargano, and then hit his. It's more of a, I want to say, a DDT slash flatliner. So it's like an underhook uh, DDT. And he kind of sets it up where he uses the legs to hook the leg and kind of looks like a flatliner, kind of looks like a underhook DDT. Very awesome, very unique. I don't see him sticking with it when he gets to the main roster or any roster after this. Looks a little too complicated to set up, but you never know. He got the win, seems pretty legit. You got Gargano looking at the shirt at the end of the match, kind of having that sympathy of like, damn, this is still in my mind. Wounds have not closed yet, so an all great match. Next match. Um... I expected this to be different. I didn't expect it to be uh, fun or or as crazy as it was, but I expected it to be different. It was uh, Sanity taking on um, the Authors of Pain for the tag team titles. And um, if you've been watching NXT, Authors of Pain have been one of the, the new, I guess, I guess the new breed of crop that WWE's trying to make for a tag team division. And they're pretty okay. You know, they have Paul Ring uh, as their manager, you know, legendary manager um, from LOD to the Disciples of Apocalypse and on and on and on. So having his prestige uh, with the team as well as having the tag team titles and them winning the tag team tournament last year, you know, they've been on the roll. Their wrestling has been a little bit more solid. I still think it's a little sloppy, but solid for big guys. Um, they look a little more cut, which is pretty cool. Um, they were a little flabby last time um, I was looking at them. I can't say anything about myself. I'm a flabby kind of guy my, I'm in my own right. But they look a little more chiseled. They look like they've been taking this as, as serious as they can. And maybe for good reason, because we're hearing that there's going to be some call-ups that uh, be coming to SmackDown Raw pretty soon. So, you know. So, um... Sanity looking at uh, Killian Dane, which uh, you're having Eric Young, you have Alexander Ru- Ru- uh, Wolf, and you're having Nikki Cross all come out together and loving their entrance. Uh, they're still trying to figure out what kind of characters they are in a way. They're a slash between like Mad Max meets, I want to say, the Wyatt family in a way. Um, kind of like punk anarchists that you'll see in Borderlands if you ever played that video game. Pretty awesome. And. Their entrance, um, ever since I saw that pre preview for the 2K18 and they showed their entrance, I could see why they put a lot of stock into these characters. The characters look great in the game and they look um, awesome when you look at them in live. Um, and it's it was funny because we really haven't seen Sanity together as a team kind of work the way we want them to work. We've been seeing a lot of Eric Young. We've been seeing a lot of uh, Killing Dane singles. So we, as a team, we really haven't seen them do much in NXT, which is fine. Uh, so that's why I was a little skeptical about this match coming up. And then 
what was gonna happen. I didn't know if it was gonna be who's the heel, who's the face in this whole kind of match. It was shades of gray, and you know what? By the end of it, I loved it. Um, started off where, where we had a big brawl happening, and it was just Dane and uh, and Wolf taking on the authors of pain and. And outside brawling, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The match didn't even start. It didn't even start until one of the authors threw Alexander Wolf into the ring and the bell finally started. And I guess um, we had Wolf and one of the authors kind of just had go back and forth for at least maybe two minutes in the match. And the fun part about it is that you were to believe that Killian was going to be one of his tag team partners. But before the tag was made, Eric Young came onto the ring post and I guess he subbed for Killian, which was pretty fun, I guess. So you got to have Killian do some some outside ring work, brawling for just a little bit before the match started. And then I guess you're going to put Eric as the worker because he was in the whole entire match. So you had... Eric tagging, and from there just went off the Authors of Pain being on Eric, being on Alexander, going back and forth, back and forth. You had a couple of topes happening outside the ring, a couple of suicide dives. Um, it kind of culminated where uh, the Authors and Sandy were fighting outside. Um, there was a table that was set up by Eric Young earlier in the match that didn't come to fruition until the end where... Um, I believe one of the authors caught Nikki Cross doing a crossbody, no pun intended, got caught killing Dane running like in like a like with a body splash straight through the table, sandwiching uh, Nikki Cross and one of the authors into that table. So it was a cool little spot to see that. It's great to see women have that have that time to mix up with the men you know i'm always not really a big fan of intergender fighting that much but when it's done the right way hey it was fun here uh you had one of the authors coming to the ring and um you had eric young and alexander wolf hit a, a tandem neck breaker it was like a back suplex into a neck breaker from the top rope pin him and great boom you have um sandy as a new tag team champions it was pretty fun it was a crazy match yeah, i wouldn't say it's a beautiful match but it was a crazy match entertaining match and it was good to see um, Eric Young with a title in uh, WWE. You know, even though it's NXT, you know, he has a title. And you saw in his eyes that it meant a lot. If you've watched Eric Young like I have in my life, it was uh, it was nice to see Eric Young get some kind of recognition more than TNA kind of gave him. Even though TNA gave him a lot, this felt like it was it hit home for him. Um, so you got maybe about two-minute celebration and authors of pain walk out the ring and it, no no sorry I'm jumping the gun over here yeah a little bit of a celebration and out of nowhere if you're big fans of roh kyle o'reilly and bobby fish stormed the ring and started being the daylights out of sanity uh you had them um smack around sanity for a bit then take out the authors of pain for a bit as well too so showed their dominance even though their sky is about five nine five Eight, maybe six foot they were just kicking the holy bejesus out of everyone in this uh, ring showing their dominance as a team um you have the whole crowd if you're roh fans i'm um, hearing red dragon red dragon not too sure if they're gonna be using that name still but um they they hit the chase of the dragon which is a brain buster with a roundhouse kick combination and they just 
looked at the tag team titles, threw it back at Sandy, and walked away. Pretty fun. Um, I, I didn't appreciate the black and white shirts. Looked a little plain Jane to me with Kyle and um, Bobby Fish. I'm excited to see them, but um, looked a little plain Jane. Wish they would have either had something a little bit different or just came out shirtless with a little, a little bit better. Especially that white shirt on Bobby Fish kind of looked weird. Um, so that finished. And we got um, a couple of promos going in, and we went straight into our next match, which was a pretty awesome match. Um, Hideo Tommy taking on Aleister Black, the former Tommy End. And this, uh, I had a feeling this was going to be a great match. I just feel bad for a Tommy. I think a, a, a Tommy kind of has lost his footing because of injuries. Uh, I feel bad because I think. Atami is a, is a great, it's a great, 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 great asset to the company. But I think uh, a person like Asuka and uh, and um, Shinsuke Nakamura kind of fill that gap now for that for that Asian superstar. Not to say there, there can't be any more, but he feels lost in the shuffle, and his size kind of doesn't help him as well too. I feel like if you throw him in 205 Live, it may be his best bet, which may be happening pretty soon. It, it may show shed some life in that um, division, finally. Um, so anyway, we had um, Hideo come out, um, kind of flat, came out to his theme song, no entrance gear, just his tights, and called in a day. Um, the big entrance to save for Alistair Black, where you had um, Orange Code or Code Orange play his theme song. And it was pretty fun. He came out with his, uh, I'm going to say, satanic kind of cult kind of kind of um, black metal entrance where he um, rises up kind of like Dracula in a way, which is pretty fun. Um, candles burning everywhere. It looks like the whole thing's like um, some kind of sacrifice about to happen. So it was nice. It was nice to see that very stone cold face, very uh, intimidating, very badass in a way. Comes to the ring does his normal entrance where he does the um, tope into the Indian style uh, stance and just stares down Hideo real quickly. And it's not even when the bell was about to ring, they were about to kick each other's heads off. So you have some beef coming into this from the last couple of days. And uh, with Hideo being the main heel in this match and not feeling respected by the newcomer Aleister Black, uh, you saw that there was going to be an intense match knowing that these two were strikers. Um, match starts and they start kicking the living shit at each other. You have Hideo throwing kicks. You have Alistair throwing kicks. Sometimes kicks at the same time, smacking each other, roundhouse kicks. Um, smacking each other up to the point where um, Hideo lands one of these kicks and early on busts open Alistair Black in the nose. Whether it be a broken nose or just maybe a cunda nose, he was leaking a bit. And the fun part about it was the referee was letting it be. It was real blood. It was wasn't uh, anything where somebody was cut open, you know, the hard way or using a razor. It was actual blood, which made this match all the better. Honestly, and now I understand the safety and regulations for not having blood spill all over the place like the ads whoever was or early 2000s era. But blood does make a match ten times better. Shows more depth in my opinion. Looking at this right here, you had Hideo after busting um, Alistair Black open, um, just doing some heel tactics, screaming at the crowd to respect me, to respect my heritage. Um, yeah, you look at Hideo's history as the former Kenta, he has a long history of, of being one of the top Japanese artists out there um, in pro wrestling. 
Um, so yeah, hell yeah, you gotta respect him. But you know, talking the crowd, doing his signatures, uh, fake stomp, slap to the head, um, kicks, 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 grounding Alistair Black, having the crowd boom as much as possible. So you know, less offense, crowd gets rowdy. You have Alistair doing a comeback. And once the comeback started happening, they were both eagle footing. Kicks to the head, kicks to the body, roundhouse kicks. Falcon Arrows was one where uh, Hideo did like almost like a deadlift Falcon Arrow, which is pretty fun as well too to see for a small person have that kind of feat of strength. Um, it all culminated where um, G GTS was blocked off. Hideo threw uh, Alistair Black to the turnbuckle was going to charge right after him, and Alistair Black hits the Black Mask, which is a spinning heel kick right to the face. Okay, let me just say something here. WWE has this policy where it's trying to eliminate dangerous moves back and forth, aka the curb stomp, because he could see if Vince said that he didn't want to see um, people look at Seth Rollins do a curb stomp and try it on their friend. This is a spinning fucking heel kick. Um, I practiced in kickboxing and in Muay Thai before. Um, I've tried a spinning heel kick. Um, I tried a spinning heel kick on a person before. A person has hit me with a spinning heel kick before. It's not fun. Um, it's hard. And it feels as bad as it looks. Um, and maybe he's doing it in a way where he's not fully connecting to Hideo or his opponent the way he would feel him. Feel, really feel him. But this, this move looks devastating. It looks like an actual spinning heel kick to the face where it can knock somebody out. How is this is getting away? I have no idea how it's getting approved. I have no idea. I, I, I like it. I don't know if it's going to make his way with him when he goes to the main roster because I can see people having a problem taking that move. But it was fun. It was good. Hits uh, the, the spinning heel kick, knocks out Hideo, and pins him for the win. Very fun match. The match ends with Alistair in Indian style pose with the blood trickling down his face. Awesome to see there. Awesome match. So, we got into that match. A couple of promos happening from there. Um, we go right into the women's title match. And then, then that women's title match, pretty awesome. Uh, you had Ember Moon taking on Asuka. And this was a match where is playing off the last uh, NXT TakeOver show coming out of um, Orlando where Asuka fought Ember Moon for the title, came up short with Asuka cheating for the first time, so you finally got to see heel Asuka. And many thought this was going to be Asuka's last match because of the fact that she's been overdue going to the main roster. I mean, she's been champion for 500 days plus, hasn't been defeated whatsoever, even prior to the title. So it's uh, it was a big deal. They're making this a big deal for Asuka. And they're making it a big deal for Ember, especially having her family in the front row. And most of New York was on her side as well, too. So it was a big deal, big kind of fight match right here, which I like. It's fun. So the match starts off where Ember blasting her with a kick, just blasting her and just going full rampage on Asuka. And Asuka just taking all kinds of punishment in the end, trying to get the early advantage. Um, we had a couple of, of near falls already starting to match up. Um, and then getting came to your basic match of just striker versus wrestler, striker versus wrestler. Um, Ember Moon doing some some moves as well too, trying to mix it up with a couple of submission base on her end. But the whole match was Asuka working on the arm 
of Ember Moon. So the whole story of Ember being um, taken out and being um, going to the hospital in real life because Asuka threw her and separated her shoulder earlier in the year is a real story. And they worked up that that kind of story where she's going to re-injure her arm. So working on the shoulder, working on the arm, throwing arm bars, throwing arm locks, throwing Kimura locks. It was pretty fun to see. Um, a lot of near falls. I don't think Ember Moon's style hasn't grasped me as a fan yet. Uh, she hasn't pulled me in. I still don't know who she is or what she wants to do or what her character is. I mean, she's just a chick that wants to fight, I guess, and likes to cosplay, maybe. That's all I'm getting. Um, I think she's phenomenal. I think her, her her finisher is phenomenal. There's a point in the match where she actually does get the eclipse, which is like a top rope tilt-a-whirl kind of stunner. You have to see it to believe it because it's a pretty dangerous move on them both counts if you do it the wrong way. So she hits the eclipse on Asuka. Asuka kicks out. First time anybody's ever kicked out for finisher. Uh, it's pretty fun to see that. You can see Ember's face just like explode shock and the crowd just explode as well too this was a high intense match a very physical match um it all ended up after the kick out asuka actually hitting the asuka lock on ember moon ember moon trying her best to counter it with pin attempts and different escapes and asuka eventually makes her tap um keeping her reign intact and i think um it's fun because you're gonna have asuka retain her title and at this moment in time I can see her going up to the main roster whether it be Raw or Smackdown preferably Raw at this moment in time so I think that female division needs a little bit of a kick right about now um go up there retire the title and come up there undefeated with that mystique which would be really fun if this was her last match in NXT not saying it was but if it was considering the fact that you had um Kurt Angle and Daniel Bryan in the crowd doing some scouting work. Um, it would be fun to leave that title vacant. Maybe you could put that in the next uh, May Young tournament that's going to be happening pretty soon. And maybe those women could fight for that NXT title and be the champion, which would be fun. You could have Asuka come up undefeated and have that title go and, and mean something else to other ladies that are trying to build that brand up. Um, and the match, Asuka leaves, and Ember Moon gets a standing ovation, which is pretty fun, too, because you know what? At the end of the day, I think, even though she's not on an Asuka level, I certainly think she's main roster ready. And her fighting for a title, lose, trying to gain it, coming up short the last two times, uh, you know, there's nothing left for her to prove. So, if that's the case, why don't you move them both up? You have Asuka go to Raw, Ember go to SmackDown, and you can have that contrast kind of clash in the next couple of years later on. You'll have that story built up. So, I think that would be fun if Ember does get that push to SmackDown as well, too. So, um, I did fail to mention, and this is my fault, too. I'm just trying to do this as fast as possible with the time I have right about now. We also had um, JR come in doing commentary for the Alistair Black match, which is pretty fun to see more Ronaldo and, and JR doing commentary, which is epic. You also had um, Corey Graves do that Sanity match as well, too, which is fun to see that, him coming back to NXT and doing a match. So it was pretty fun to see that. Um, you had some people in the crowd like Kevin Owens, Neville, uh, Kalisto, Shinsuke Nakamura in the crowd. So it was pretty fun. It was a pretty great crowd to see. Um, you had the main event, 
which was, in my opinion, people really shouldn't on this main event because it's too much like TNA wrestling or too much like the main roster wrestling. And I didn't give a damn about it. Um, I love both wrestlers. I've been following their careers for a long time, whether it be Drew McIntyre or Bobby Roode. I think they deserve this platform as much as possible. So, very happy. Starts off where um, uh, the New York Police Department's bagpipe music crew, crew, whatever you want to call them. If I'm offending somebody, I'm sorry. I'm from New York, so I don't even know what they're called. But they came out. And they started doing the whole kind of Roddy Piper-esque entrance for um, Drew McIntyre, which is fun. You know, a little Scottish entrance with the bagpipes and heavy metal was in mix. So that was cool to see. And um, he got a decent welcome. I mean, I think the crowd does like Drew McIntyre a lot. I think he um, he's improved so much over the years. He, his physique, his, his wrestling presence, his wrestling knowledge, uh, the way he can work a crowd. I think his heel work is 10 times better. But I think this will be fine, him being the face in this match, of course. Bobby Roode had an extravagant entrance too with his glorious song and the whole arena just singing praise to Bobby Roode. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing seeing Bobby Roode finally get the recognition he deserves. Bobby Roode's a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic old school type of wrestler mixing in uh, Rick Rude and, and Nick Rick Flair and even little bits of Triple H in there as well too. I mean, if you're gonna emulate somebody, try to emulate the best, right? So they have a pretty decent match. It, it is gonna be your your prototypical WWE match. Yes, it really was. It was you know near falls and um, a couple of of crazy spots and. Um, finisher after finisher and it was pretty cool to see that um bobby root though bobby root's just mad work and his, his facial expressions and his talking crap in the ring he's such a fun heel to watch he reminds you like how kevin owens wrestles it's just a fun heel to watch and it all culminated where bobby root hits the glorious ddt uh, McIntyre kicks out, so he goes to try to go for another glorious TV DDT combination. Um, gets a headbutt by McIntyre. McIntyre hits the running, flying big boot. He calls it the Claymore. Pretty fun move to see. Very easy to pull off. Um, I've seen him use it in TNA before, so it, might as well throw it out there since Dean Ambrose is using the Future Shock these days. Um, hits the Claymore. Knocks out Rude, gets the pinfall, pinfall by surprise, and it was a, it was good to see that. Um, it was nice to see McIntyre finally get uh, a decent championship that he can be proud of right about now. Um, he's gonna be the top dog at NXT, so it's nice to see him get that push. Rightfully deserves it. Um, I knew something was gonna happen because Bobby Rude kind of just gets out of the ring really fast and rolls out, so. It sucks Bobby Roode not really getting that 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 bookend of a reaction to losing his title. But some sacrifices have to be made for the greater good. Um, you get a five-minute celebration of McIntyre crowds cheering decently. And all of a sudden you hear the crowd really chant and you see Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly of Red Dragon pop up in the ring apron. And staring out, staring down Drew McIntyre. McIntyre about to just, you know, give him some smack talk and smack him up. Where all of a sudden, Adam Cole, baby, comes from the behind and jumps McIntyre like no tomorrow. 
You have uh, O'Reilly and, and Fish just beat the crap out of him as well, too. They hoist McIntyre up, and you hear the super kick um, just smack McIntyre's face, a la shades of, um, of him being in the Bullet Club. Kind of looked like it was a substitute with um, the Young Bucks with Red Dragon. But um, it was fun to see. It's nice to see um, this allegiance, this ROH allegiance happen. In NXT, so um, yes, we sacrificed Brood's like surprise and maybe his baby cries for the losing his title, but you got an Adam Cole surprise beatdown with Red Dragon. So rock and roll to me, that that worked so much. Um, the crowd so happy to see Adam Cole. That's another person who deserves to be here as well too. With Red Dragon having the stable, um. It looks, if this is the case, that you had like a, such a underwhelming, I guess, roll off from Bobby Roode, like a send off in a way, maybe he's ready to go to the main roster as well too. Maybe that's one of the things we're going to see. Um, I'm a little scared for him. I think he'll be great, but the days of the main roster right now on both sides look a little crazy for that top contender status. I mean, you have so much going on Raw with Lesnar and Roman, and then you have a lot going on SmackDown for the title with um, kind of being flip-flopped if Jinder um, loses and Shinsuke wins. So you kind of don't want to see Bobby Roode taking off Shinsuke again since you just saw it in NXT last year. This year, excuse me. So if he does get called up, it's going to be a little difficult to put him in somewhere right about now, and I don't want to see him fall on the wayside. But if anybody deserves to get called up, it's him. Him and Asuka. Um, I give it a 5 out of 5. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Even the worst matches, I oh, I think the worst match out of all of them was probably the, um, the in my opinion, was the Bobby Roode and uh, Drew McIntyre. But worst still is like a 4-star four, four match for me. They have a 3-star match, 3.5-star match for me. I enjoyed it immensely i think the crowd was hot i think the entrances were hot i think the finishes were great the booking was great the surprises were great um if we do get call-ups that'd even be better that'd be icing on a cake SummerSlam is going to be actually today and i think that nxt once again beats out SummerSlam as a far better superior shorter show too Anyways, um, sorry I'm a little bit um, razzled right about now. I'm trying to do this in the morning, trying to do this on my own, trying to figure this whole thing out. So if you guys enjoy this, or if you guys want me to slow down a bit, or if you guys want me to to review something else, or try to do different things, let me know. I'm going to try to do more things on my side as well, too. If the group can't all go together, then at least we'll try to throw as much content as possible, whether it be movie reviews, series reviews. I just finished The Leftovers, so if you guys want me to review that, I can review it again because I love The Leftovers. Uh, Defenders came out this weekend. I'm trying to watch that as well, too. I'll give my insight on how I feel about all these characters that I grew up on reading about. So, um, SummerSlam tonight, if the group doesn't get a chance to review it all together, then uh, I'll definitely try my best to throw a, a SummerSlam sidecast for you guys. But um, thanks for listening. I mean, this is a whole new experience for me as well, too. So if it sucks, please tell me it sucks. I'll be more than happy to hear some bad criticism or constructive criticism just to help me out just a little bit more. Um, With anything else, uh, thank you guys again um, for sticking with us, even though we haven't been on the page for a while. And 
just um, keep your eye on the side because we're coming. We're coming back strong, baby. Adam Cole, baby. You guys take care. Bye.